What's up, maniacs? My name is Sky Menhart, and you are listening to Manic State of Mind, a podcast where I discuss my journey with bipolar disorder, mental health tips, and more. Welcome to the show, people. Welcome, welcome. So this week, now, I know I say this every week, it's a little bit different this week. It's a little bit different. I'm trying something new. Um, The truth is, it is a little bit different this week because I was thinking about, you know, what to talk about. And I wanted to do, since last week was more focused on bipolar disorder and mania, I wanted to do something more for the general for the general audience, you know, something that got me thinking. And this is something that my aunt always says. And, you know, whenever I'm, I have like a bunch of aunts on my mom's side, I have a bunch of aunts on my dad's side, and I live near my grandmother um, on my mom's side. And when I hang out with them, with all my aunts and my grandma, they always tell me a hard life is a good life. You know, when I start complaining about my life, they say, hey, a hard life is a good life. And I, I really, I didn't even think about it at the time. Like, I've heard this phrase all my life, and I didn't really think about the true meaning of it until recently. And I was just thinking, you know what? A hard life is a good life. Now, if you know me, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I've been through a lot in regards to my mental health, in regards to my life in general. I've had a lot of crazy stuff happen. And I'm not saying, you know, that my life is any harder than anyone else's. I think everybody's had a hard life at some point. So if you, if you, you know, this is not a competition. We don't compare our traumas and say, oh, you win, you had a worse life. I'm not about that. I'm just saying I think everybody has had a point in their lives that has been difficult, that has maybe taught them something. And so today I wanted to talk about the concept of a hard life being a good life in regards to the story of Finding Nemo. Now, if you're someone who hasn't seen Finding Nemo, I'm going to explain the plot, so don't worry. But Finding Nemo is a movie. It's a kids movie. It's a Pixar movie. It's got Ellen DeGeneres and a few other people. And I just wanted to talk about A Hard Life is a Good Life, a lesson from Finding Nemo. This is something I wrote uh, the other day. And I wanted to just read it with you guys and just kind of explain how why I feel a hard life is a good life. Now, before we begin, I want to say I've been I've been doing some polls on my Instagram. If you want to follow me at Manic State of Mind Podcast on Instagram, I've been doing some polls to get some topic ideas. So if you guys want to contribute to a topic in a future episode, please follow me on Instagram. Feel free to DM me. Feel free to let me know what you think. Feel free to give me ideas. Give me topics you would like to hear about because I'm totally open to suggestions and I would love to know what you guys want to know. So anyway, so the story of Finding Nemo. Nemo and his father, Marlin, are two clownfish living in the Great Barrier Reef. Nemo's mother and the rest of his siblings were killed in a barracuda attack. Nemo has one short fin and his father is constantly worried about him being on his own. On Nemo's first day of school, his father's overprotectiveness incites Nemo to sneak away from the reef where he is stolen by a pair of scuba divers. Marlin tries to follow their boat, and on the way he meets Dory, a fish with a short with a cute short-term memory loss who who offers to help him find Nemo. Together they face many trials, including shark attacks, underwater explosions, jellyfish stings, and much more. 
Meanwhile, Nemo is taken to a dentist's office in Sydney, Australia, where he is put in a tank with other fish. Soon he finds that he is going to be given to the dentist's niece, Darla. If y'all have seen the movie, you know Darla. Oh my god, Darla. She's my favorite character. She's very scary. She's this super intimidating, I would say maybe eight-year-old. She's got braces. She's just a nutcase. And Darla has killed every other fish she's ever had. So one of the fish named Gil in the tank with Nemo helps him come up with an escape plan. They try to escape through the filter in the tank, but unfortunately the first time they do it, it fails and Nemo almost dies. Meanwhile, Marlin and Dory find an address on the mask that the divers left behind and Dory desperately tries to remember it. After the jellyfish attack, they wake up in the East Australian current with a group of sea turtles. Marlin, Nemo's dad, tells the sea turtles what he's been doing, and the tale of his bravery is spread through the ocean until it reaches Nemo. Nemo is inspired to attempt the escape again, and this time it works! Marlin and Dory take a ride inside a blue whale who takes them to Sydney Harbor. With help from a pelican named Nigel and Gil, Nemo is able to escape through a drain in the ocean. Marlin assumes Nemo is dead and returns to the reef. Because he leaves... Dory loses her memory and meets Nemo on her way home, but she doesn't remember who he is. Her memory returns when she sees the word Sydney on a drain pipe. She reunites Nemo and Marlin, but is caught in a, in a net with a school of fish. Nemo saves her, and they all have a happy ending. So this is the story of Nemo. It's a really great movie. I suggest you watch it. I'm sure it's like only available on Disney Plus now. I don't know. But anyway, it's a really great movie, and it kind of shows the way that life's unexpected turns and twists can lead us to a healthier and a happier place. In this story, Marlin's fear gets in the way of his son experiencing life. Marlin is stuck in the past, consciously, constantly anxious about death and thinking that danger is lurking at every corner. Nemo, on the other hand, is anxious to experience life outside the reef. His father's worry and overprotection only urge him to rebel even further. This is a common reaction to overprotective parents. I can speak with uh, experience on that because my parents were super overprotective and it only made me more rebellious, okay? When you're told that you can't do something or that you're not allowed to do something, usually that's the thing you want to do the most. That's just how life works. Even though Marlin thinks he's protecting Nemo, his actions actually push Nemo into danger. And this is where Marlin's worst fears come true and he's faced with the potential loss of his son. Marlin's life has been very hard up to this point. He has lost all of his family but Nemo and has poured all of his energy into controlling and protecting Nemo from danger. When his son is faced with danger, he is forced to get out of his comfort zone and find him. On his way, he meets Dory. At first, he sees her as kind of annoying and a nuisance, but she really proves to be a loyal friend. This is a great example of how sometimes, in life's most difficult moments, the right people come into our life at the right time. Dory and Marlin wouldn't have met if Nemo hadn't been kidnapped. While Dory is forgetful, her heart remains in the right place, and it seems that her memory improves with Marlin's help. Dory has also lost her family, and this creates this loss creates an emotional bond between her and Marlin. Together, they narrowly escape danger, all to find Nemo. Nemo is faced with challenges at a young age. He is forced to become creative in order to survive. This is a great example of how facing adversity at a young age causes us to learn how to think on our feet and practice creativity. 
when hit with a tragedy or a trauma at a young age, we are forced to mature in our way in ways that maybe not everybody has to. While this can cause scars and damage that we are also forced to deal with later on in life, with time we can realize that, that the trials we faced gave us opportunities to grow. Even though there are major downsides to tough times and tough experiences, after overcoming difficulties, you can begin to appreciate what they taught you. The encouraging part of Finding Nemo is that the characters refuse to give up. Dory and Marlin are determined to find Nemo, and Nemo is determined to escape the tank at the dentist office. Determine and, pers and perseverance in life are often a result of overcoming hardship. In my own life, from my experience, when I've faced setbacks and tragedies, my ability to overcome them has helped me to believe in myself and my resilience. This is one of the key lessons in Finding Nemo, resilience. I feel like I've spoken about resilience on other podcasts if you want to check them out, but um, this is something that I've really had to learn along my journey. And you can see this in Finding Nemo because if Marlon hadn't faced the tragedy early on, he might not have been so keen on protecting and rescuing Nemo. And if Nemo hadn't heard about his father's determination and resilience, he might not have been inspired to escape the dentist office. Resilience is such an important lesson to learn in life. In episode 20, I speak about resilience and it's called How to Bounce Back After a Tragedy. Check it out, episode 20. The thing about resilience is it doesn't mean you you won't fail. You know, just because you're a resilient person doesn't mean you won't experience fail, failure. It doesn't mean you won't feel like giving up. It just means that you have the courage to continue despite the failure you've experienced. Marlon shows a lot of resilience during the journey of this story. He is faced with setback after setback, but each time he collects himself and makes a new plan. This is why I feel like a hard life is a good life. When you are faced with hardship and doubt, you are given the opportunity to find a new way and reinvent yourself. I was reading the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark, Man by Mark Manson. This is such a good book. You guys should really check it out. It's kind of like a counter counterintuitive approach to self-help. It's really good. He talks about how people are the most happy when they have problems to solve. He gives the example of how many rich people end up committing suicide. Having so much money can technically solve all your problems, and when you run out of problems to solve, you have no purpose. This can often lead to a huge depression. This is why we should embrace our tough lives and the lessons they teach us. Of course, it's important to accept our circumstances and feel the, and the feelings they bring us. Surrendering to the flow of life and embracing resilience does not mean you erase the negativity that cer certain circumstances bring. Life is all about duality, the negative and the positive. It's important to embrace both aspects and allow yourself to freely feel your feelings. So this is what I wanted to speak about today. I just I wrote that out the other day because I was just thinking about resilience and the you know that quote a hard life is a good life. And I thought I was trying to think of movies or examples that I could use to you know to explain that and I thought of Nemo because I feel like everybody's seen that movie and they know the story and so I wanted to speak about that today. I hope you all got something from that. I had a lot of fun writing it. And one of the things I wanted to speak about in the movie Finding Nemo is when when Dory, I don't know exactly at what point this happens, but when Dory or Marlin and Marlin are in a sticky situation, Dory just says, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. And that's her little, 
her little go-to mantra that she's saying throughout the movie. And it's very iconic. You know, there's been a lot of memes about this. There's been, it's just an iconic uh, moment in the movie. And so I wanted to talk about that because that is a really great approach to the idea of resilience. You know, just keep swimming. Just keep going. There's a quote that I heard. Life is like a bicycle. In order to keep, in order to have balance, you have to keep moving. And I think this is really key, especially when we're dealing with, you know, hard things in our lives, when we're dealing with, um, you know, turbulence, when we're dealing with a tough time. It can be really essential to just continue to move forward despite how you feel, despite the circumstances. Now, of course, I'm not telling anyone to ignore their trauma or to avoid their trauma or to avoid the feelings that come with it. I think it is very essential to work through your feelings, to feel your feelings, to honor your feelings, to understand your feelings, and then release them. You know, allow yourself to be in these different states of life and these different states of emotion, but make sure that you're releasing it at the end of the day and you're letting it go and saying, you know what, I surrender to the process. This is something that I've had to learn along my journey. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know how much I've shared on this podcast. Like I, I'm pretty open with you all and I am very vulnerable and I know maybe one day I'm going to regret that. But I've been through a lot in my life. Like I've been through so much in my life and I just feel like being open and honest about it isn't something to be ashamed of and I don't have anything to hide, you know, but I've gone through a lot of hard circumstances and I know I've spoken about this um, on, on previous episodes, but a few, about two years ago, about two years ago, I went through a really bad breakup and I was manic at the time that we broke up. And so it was not only was the breakup traumatic itself, but the mania and the psychosis was super traumatic. That was when I had my first seizure, my first and only seizure so far, thank God. But I, it was just a really, really horrible, horrible event. And I went through so much in the span of 48 hours, in the span of a week after that breakup. And I I was living with this person in a different state and I had to move back home to my parents' house. I was 21 and I was just really ashamed. I felt so guilty that my relationship had failed. I felt like I was a horrible person and I went was going through this really hard time. And then I was grappling with the stupid things I've done while manic, which I'm going to speak about in a future episode, maybe next week. I'm going to do stupid things I've done while manic part two because I feel like you guys really enjoyed that. And so anyway, so not only was I coping with, you know, the breakup, but also all of the stupid, horrible things I'd done while manic that I was ashamed of. You know, we deal with this guilt and this shame a lot of times after we become manic. And it can be really hard to apologize to the people we need to apologize to and to, you know, forgive ourselves. And so I was dealing with that about two years ago. And And, you know, I had to really learn the lesson of resilience and of building myself up from the ground up. You know, I I came back from this breakup and I, I didn't have any money. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a car. I had to stay with my parents. And it was just a really a really eye opening experience. And I kind of realized a lot of things about myself that I didn't know before. I learned how resilient I really was. And the thing, I guess the thing that it taught me and, you know, looking back on it two years later and seeing how much my life has improved since that time, you know, I have a job now, I have my own apartment, I'm paying for all my own stuff, I I have a car. And I'm not saying this to brag, I'm saying this 
um, because I'm really thankful, because I'm really grateful that I was given the opportunity to have to figure it all out on my own and to be forced into that situation, even though it was really difficult at the time, it really taught me a lot about myself and it really gave me the chance to discover what I really want out of life and the kind of person I really want to be. Because when I was with this other person, when we were together, I was not I was not being a good person. I was not being my real self. I wasn't being authentic. I was unhappy and we were really bad together. So um, I'm just really thankful now. Now looking back, I'm really thankful to this person and I'm even thankful that it ended so traumatically because I feel like I would never have gotten out if it if it hadn't ended the way it did. And so I'm really thankful. I'm really thankful. And the biggest lesson I learned through that was resilience. And I think I've been resilient before, you know, I've, I think I've had to learn that lesson many times in life, but I didn't really realize how strong I was until I was faced with this horrible challenge. And I really had to go through it all on my own. My parents aren't super supportive. They aren't you know, they never ask me, like, how do you feel? They're not those kind of emotional people. So I didn't have anyone to talk to or rely on for emotional support. And I really had to get my shit together and just learn how to be a strong person. And I'm not saying that you you shouldn't rely on emotional support. I think emotional support is really essential. And I'm sad that I don't really have that. But you know, it's taught me to be reliant on myself, which in a way is good. So, you know, you have to look at the positive and look at what life brings you and how it brings you into a better place. So that's what I learned through that experience. And this is why I think a hard life is a good life. Because even though we go through these struggles and these trials, and oftentimes it just kind of feels like a constant uphill battle, like you're pushing a big rock up a hill and it's like rolling back on you and you're trying, it's just like this constant struggle. And it can really feel like that when you're dealing with mental illness or mental issues because, you know, maybe your environment isn't even that bad, but the things you're going through on the inside are so intense and so painful that it's really hard to just live your life. And that's the crazy thing about mental illness. That's the thing that we need to be talking about. We need to be talking about our experiences and what we're going through so that we don't feel this loneliness, so we don't feel this isolation from others. Because I want you to know you're not the only one who has gone through those things. You know, I've gone through those hard, hard emotional times when you you feel like your mind is against you, when you feel like your body is against you. And I want you to know that with, with faith, with patience, with perseverance, it really does get better. And so that's the unfortunate thing about mental illness is that it is so stigmatized, even still, even today, when, you know, I can have a podcast on the internet where I spill all my secrets and talk about my mental illness. And, you know, I feel comfortable doing that. And that's such a blessing, but there is still such a stigma surrounding it. And people are still afraid to to speak up and to feel like they're in a safe space in, so that they can speak up. And this is why creating a safe space, not only for yourself, but also for others is so essential and it's so important. And a lot of times when we go through trauma, when we go through, and I'm not saying all trauma is necessary. I'm not saying that you need to have a hard life in order to have a good life. I'm just saying hard times and tough situations can help you grow and become a better person. 
And especially if you're willing, and this is the key to resilience, if you're willing to really look and find the lesson in your struggles, I think that's the really essential part. If you can find the meaning in your struggles, then you, you're practicing resilience. That's what resilience is. And so I think that's really essential. And I think we live in this day and age we live, I don't want to, I don't want to say we're too sensitive and I'm, you know, I'm a very sensitive person. I'll be the first one to tell you that, but I think it's important for us to be strong. It's important for us to learn the lesson of strength and to realize that we are not our tragedies. We are not defined by our failures or our tragedies and we can always overcome. We can always choose to overcome. Now, of course, there are things we go through that are traumatic that don't make us into a better person, that make us feel horrible, that are really awful and really negative. And so I don't want you to feel like like all of your trauma, is there's a meaning behind it because sometimes bad things just happen to us and there is no reason. There is no meaning. There is no lesson. It's just something horrible that happens to us. So I don't want you to think that I'm saying, you know, all your trauma has meaning and a reason because I don't think that's true. I just think as long as you're trying to find the lesson or trying to find a reason to continue living, you know, then it's worth it. Then it, not that the trauma is worth it, but it's worth finding those reasons. And, you know, that's what I want to leave y'all with today. I know this week was a shorter episode, but I just had this on my heart and I wanted to share it. Next week, I will either be doing stupid things I've done while manic or... um what was the other one? I had another idea. Anyway, I've, I have a bunch of ideas on my phone that I'm just kind of going through every week and figuring out. So if you all have any ideas or anything you want to share with me, please follow me on Instagram at Manic State of Mind Podcast on Instagram. And you could also follow my personal account, sky.menhart on Instagram. That's M-E-N-H-A-R-D-T. I do polls on there too to try to figure out topics just because I have more followers on there. So if you want to give me a follow, hit me up. I'm also on TikTok, Sky Menhart on TikTok. I've been doing a little bit of, you know, humorous videos on there and then I do a few updates about my podcast. So if you're interested in that, please follow me. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any ideas that you'd like me to talk about, any topics you'd like me to discuss because I'm open to suggestions and I'm willing to hear you out and listen to what you have to say. Hell yeah, dude. And if you liked what you heard, please leave me a rating, leave me a review, let me know what you think. Please share this with a friend. If you have a friend who is struggling, share this with a friend. If you like this, share this with a friend, dude. It really helps me grow. It helps this podcast grow. And I really appreciate it. So anyway, y'all, I hope you're having a good week. I can do a little update now just to give you a few more minutes. I can do a little update of my mental health. I've been in a really good spot. I'm going to be honest. I've been in a really good spot for a few weeks now and the weather's getting really nice where I am and it's like really lifting my mood. I've been going out and walking and, you know, getting exercise and that's been really essential to me. I've been getting that serotonin rush. It's so good. It's so good. So I encourage you to take time to do something for yourself today. Do something that will help you feel better today. Do something fun. Have fun. Doodle, you know, write a poem. This is just stuff that I do. Sorry, that sounded kind of weird. Anyway, y'all, I will see you guys next week. Have a great week and hang 10, buddy.